rich enough to adapt, dumb enough to believe themselves to be immune. The marginalized and the poor are not as fortunate. Welcome to Things Just Got Spicy, the all-inclusive political poetry podcast on Allegheny College's campus in Meville, Pennsylvania. Every other week, we will discuss current and ongoing political, social, and economic issues. Each hot topic will be followed by a poem, written and performed by the week's special guest. My name is Binti Fofana, and I am your host. This week's hot topic is climate change and climate change refugees. Climate change is a shift in average weather conditions. Climate change may be due to natural processes such as changes in the sun's radiation, volcanoes, or internal variability in the climate system. But one of the main driving factors of climate change is human activity. Since the 1800s, humans have been burning fossil fuels such as coal, oil, and gas. When these fossil fuels burn, they release greenhouse gases, which mostly contain carbon dioxide. These gases trap the sun's heat and cause the planet's temperature to rise. In the short term, higher temperatures will warm the sea, an increase in heat energy will result in an increase in evaporation and heavy rainfalls. Floods may also become more severe. In the long term, the world will experience food and water shortages, malnutrition and heart-related illnesses will impact many, forced migration and civil war will devastate thousands. These mass migrations will consist mostly of poor people and people of color. Although climate change affects everyone regardless of economic status or race, it disproportionately has a greater impact on minorities and poor people. For example, In the United States, minorities may experience environmental racism. Environmental racism refers to the unequal access of clean environment and basic environmental resources based on race. Communities of color are often living in areas that are more prone to environmental hazards and heavy pollution. While in other nations, poor farmers are forced to flee because of the environment and they eventually become climate change refugees. Livelihoods are being threatened and poverty is increasing. This may also affect the surrounding areas that rely on farmers for food, which results in dangerously high levels of food insecurity. The migration of these climate change refugees could fuel political conflicts between nations or deepen existing tensions. As climate change continues to be a problem, the number of climate change refugees will continue to rise. And our special guest this week to discuss this hot topic with us is Ashlyn Peachy. Ashlyn Peachy is a junior at Allegheny College, double majoring in environmental science and global health studies. She serves as the president of the sustainable design team and the vice president of students for environmental action. Through the sustainable design team, she's been working to implement the Car Har Garden forest expansion. She's particularly interested in issues surrounding environmental health environmental justice, and food sovereignty in the face of the climate crisis. Please give a warm welcome to Ashlyn. Ashlyn, before you perform your poem, please give us insight into the thought process that went into writing this poem. Yeah, so I'm not exactly a poet, so it was a little hard for me to think about how I should write about climate refugees. I tried to pull from some of the things I've learned about in all of my classes, environmental science and environmental justice classes. Something that I've really talked about in the past is 
that there's really no definition for climate refugees, and I tried to put that into the poem. So there's all of these organizations and governments that help refugees, but there's no definition for a climate refugee. So how do you help people when you don't know who they are? Another part of the poem that I really tried to focus on is calling climate change the climate crisis instead. Sometimes just the words we use and what's emphasized in a phrase can really impact how people think about it. And the word change can be a little ambiguous, but the climate crisis is supposed to show that it's something urgent and something that people really need to be focusing on and taking action and paying attention to. How do you define a climate refugee? Who falls under this category? As the climate makes more and more and more of the earth uninhabitable, climate change is upon us and it is a crisis. Communities lose their homes as oceans swallow islands whole. Where are they supposed to go? Extreme storms batter the coastlines year after year. Should they rebuild or relocate? Land that has been fertile for centuries no longer supports the people. How will they eat and who will feed them? These communities are not causing the climate to change. These are the poor, the marginalized, the people of color, the ones who are not spouting carbon into the atmosphere, yet they are the first to feel the effects of the climate crisis. And it truly is a crisis. Who is responsible for these people as they lose their land, their home, their food, their water, their way of life? Their culture is lost as the planet burns. Climate change does not discriminate. The first world continues business as usual. Rich enough to adapt, dumb enough to believe themselves to be immune. The marginalized and the poor are not as fortunate. The US, the EU, the UN, the developed world, they point fingers at one another. You did this, not me. You take care of these climate refugees. No nation accepts accountability for their actions. No one lends a helping hand to climate refugees. The world turns a blind eye to the flooded islands, ignores the coast decimated by hurricanes, leaves the people to their empty plots of unfarmable land. No reparations are paid for lives, homes, or cultures lost. Why should developed nations care about climate change refugees? Yeah, I think first off, developed nations should care about climate change refugees just, you know, out of empathy. They're humans and it's a human crisis. Beyond that, developed nations of the world are often the world's largest carbon emitters. Um, the lifestyles that people living in first world countries just need a lot of carbon and a lot of energy to support. So people living in these countries are causing the most damage to the climate crisis to the climate and causing the climate crisis, yet accepting no accountability or responsibility for the things that are happening. But climate change doesn't discriminate. So if we keep continuing business as usual, someday America is also going to be decimated by the effects of climate change. And while we have many resources that can help to mitigate and adapt, it's going to be ruthless. And many Americans have this mindset of it's not affecting me. The climate crisis isn't my problem. But the climate crisis is already affecting America. And climate refugees are already something that's occurring in America. 
The first defined climate refugees in America is a native tribe um, in the Isle de Jean Charles in Louisiana. These are indigenous people that have been living there for about a century. They've been displaced from the mainland during the like Trail of Tears years. So they developed a lifestyle on this island. But now because the sea levels are rising and mangrove forests and other natural systems that might have protected them from floodwaters and stormwaters have been taken away, these people are losing their homes again and their island is slowly shrinking. The road that goes to the island floods more and more and more frequently. And so America is facing this problem of what do we do with this population within our own nation? Um, do we give them more land? What reparations do we pay? So this isn't just a elsewhere in the world problem. It's happening to developed nations, and it's just going to keep happening more and more and more frequently. Which effect of climate change do you think is the biggest threat to mankind? I mean, every effect of climate change is devastating to the lifestyles in which mankind is currently living. I think in particular, extreme weather events they are really hitting coastlines, destroying lives, property, homes, um, and forcing us to rebuild again and again and again. But these extreme weather events can also be heat waves that are hitting. Um, so this is affecting food production, our food ways, it's affecting who can work outside, it's affecting infrastructure, it's affecting everything about our current way of life. In my opinion, food and water shortages are the biggest threat to mankind. Other than processed foods and different types of meat, a lot of our foods come from the earth. And if we no longer have the resources or the ability to grow crops, it not only affects the livelihoods of farmers, but it also affects those who are eating their food, and that's everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, currently, our ways of food production and our ways of water consumption are totally unsustainable. We are using fertilizers and pesticides to kind of pull as much from the earth as possible. And that's something that's going to become harder and harder as climate change has more effects on the lands that we're farming. I think it's something that humans are going to just have to adapt to. And we're going to have to change the way that we eat, the foods that we eat. We're going to have to change the way that we respect and value and use water as well. I think those are some of the easier solutions of climate change, to be honest, but definitely one of the biggest problems. How will climate change refugees affect the refugee crisis? So currently, there are about 21 and a half million climate refugees. Um, these are people that live in areas that are prone to natural disasters, or they live in islands that have been flooded due to sea level rising. Climate change could displace over 216 million people by 2050 which is a massive amount of people. So these people are going to be flocking inland. Um, these people are living near coastlines, especially in the global south and the global east. So countries like Bangladesh and Indonesia are especially vulnerable. And it's not just the lives that are changing, but also a way of living. So public health and food sovereignty are also at stake. And something that developed countries are thinking about is as these refugees leave these places that are vulnerable, they're flocking to developed countries, and sometimes it's expensive, and there's currently no systems in place to really care for climate refugees. 
A couple of organizations like the UN are trying to figure out how to define climate refugees currently, um, but they're running into the problem of it's really hard to define when an event was caused or prove that an event was caused by anthropogenic climate change reasons. Like, how do you know that a storm was caused by climate change and wasn't just going to naturally occur? So how do you know that people were displaced because of the climate, even though it's becoming more and more and more frequent? So when there's no definition for a climate refugee, it's really hard to determine what to do with those people and how to create policies to help those people and determine how reparations should be distributed. Definitely. When I think about climate change refugees or refugees in general, I think, where are all these people going to go? Some countries don't have enough space or resources to host all of these refugees. For example, in Jordan. Jordan has been known for taking in a lot of Syrian refugees who are fleeing from the Syrian civil war. And you know, it's great that they're taking in these refugees, but it also affects their economic systems. Jordan itself is currently in a water crisis, so it's interesting to see countries that are struggling themselves or quote-unquote undeveloped, and I don't like using the terms developed and undeveloped countries, but it's crazy to see undeveloped countries taking so many refugees when developed countries aren't doing anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crazy to think about the countries that are causing the most damage to the climate yet taking the least amount of responsibility for it. Um, and I think one of the upcoming problems and issues that we're going to have to face is how should we redistribute resources to be more equitable to everyone so everyone has this fair share in the climate crisis. What happens when a climate change refugee becomes stateless? So becoming stateless is basically this term in which no government recognizes a refugee as having citizenship there or being from that place or land. So it's basically these people have lost their homeland, their land, and they don't have a defined place to go. No government is taking responsibility of these people. And this is happening in a lot of islands where they're flooding or even places like oh shoot, Palestine, where they just don't have a homeland. And so it goes back to this idea of who should take care of these people and what happens to these people and what sort of countries are going to step up to help and give these people homes. I think the idea of people becoming stateless is very scary because these people don't have anywhere to go. And there are refugees right now in the Middle East that are stateless, and they are just sitting there in the desert. It's kind of like they're waiting for someone to come save them when no one is coming to come save them. And they are dying, no one is helping them, and no one is talking about it. It emphasizes the fact that over time, we really don't care about human life. And over time, the value of human life has decreased. I think that because governments don't really care about nations or the people in those nations or just human life in general, they don't want to take in these refugees and they don't want them to affect their economic status. Yeah, you brought up a lot of good points there, especially thinking about who is valued and what sort of lives are currently valued. And it's so messed up to think about. But with the climate crisis, communities that are historically marginalized, people of color, and women are especially vulnerable. And these are the populations that have historically always been vulnerable. And so the climate crisis is really a human rights crisis. 
It definitely is. I think that even though climate change affects everyone regardless of race, gender, economic status, or even sexuality, it's sad to see that the people it affects the most are marginalized people and poor people. In your opinion, what is the best solution to climate change? The first step to solving climate change is to stop the use of fossil fuels. Um, This is keeping coal in the ground, natural gas, oil, all forms of energy that are emitting CO2. That's what's causing the climate crisis. And so you can't solve climate crisis when the root cause of climate change is still occurring. But beyond that, there needs to be a lifestyle change, especially in the first world and developed countries, which, like you said, is a term that isn't the best. Um, But these are the affluent people who are living these lavish lifestyles, and it's taking up so many resources and using so much energy, causing more and more and more carbon and greenhouse gases to be emitted into the atmosphere. So these lifestyles, they need to be, and I'm not saying that like, you can't drive your car or you can't have a hamburger. It's more of thinking on a structural level and creating solutions such as public transport, um, having food and farming systems that aren't industrialized, but rather more on a small scale, Um, farming systems that help the soil rather than adding so many fertilizers and pesticides to the soil that it gets stripped of some of its nutrients. Um, It's really thinking about all the systems that we have in place in our society and how to make them more fair, more efficient, more equitable for everyone, and also thinking not just as one nation, but thinking on a global scale. How can we support those who are most vulnerable in the climate crisis, and how can we share resources to help them? Things just got spicy, and that's all for this week's episode. I hope we've encouraged you to think deeper and to look at other perspectives. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at T-U-J-G-Spicy, and if you would like to be a special guest on an upcoming episode, please feel free to email us at T-U-J-G-Spicy at gmail.com. And that's a wrap. Stay curious and see you in two weeks. Bye.